0: Hello, and welcome to Nixa Talk, the podcast where professionals from across the asset management industry share their stories, expertise, and hard-won lessons they picked up along the way. Nixa is a not-for-profit trade association connecting all facets of the global asset management industry. I'm Nixa's CEO, Jim Fitzpatrick, and it's my pleasure to introduce a totally new format for Nixa Talk. Our members across the global asset management industry have a vast amount of expertise in a wide range of topics and they have some of the most interesting stories and backgrounds I've had the privilege to hear about. And rather than keep them all to ourselves, we're relaunching our podcast as an interview series, a platform for them to share their knowledge and stories. So stay tuned to hear from some of the industry's biggest, best, and brightest over the coming months. And to help share our members' stories, I could not ask for a better host for the new Nixa Talk than our own Justine Phoenix. Today, I'll turn the tables and interview her, then pass the podcast into her capable hands as your host for future episodes. Welcome,
1: Justine. Thank you, Jim.
0: Justine is not only Nix's Vice President of Distribution and Broker-Dealer Engagement, she also heads up one of our initiatives, Nix's Diversity Project North America. Justine brings over 30 years of experience in asset management, including leadership roles at Fidelity, the Investment Company Institute, MFS, and BFDS. She is also a friend and longtime industry colleague and has been instrumental in making Nixa what it is today. So without further ado, let's start the way we will always start the podcast, with the 10-second challenge. So in 10 seconds or less, please describe your professional role.
1: So my role is really to work with our members on uh, various topics and issues. I serve as a committee liaison, and I also work on some of our conferences and events as well.
0: Thanks, Justine, and congratulations. I wasn't sure you'd be able to answer that in the 10 seconds, but you did a wonderful job and met the challenge. I hope all of our future guests will be able to do the same. That seems like a pretty broad role, Justine. Could you provide a little more insight to our listeners
1: into your responsibilities? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, as, as you mentioned in the intro, I'm responsible for the product and distribution efforts as well as the Diversity Project North America. And really, my role is to work with our members to advance our efforts in those areas. So whether it's through the committee work as a committee liaison, uh, during our conferences, our webinars, our thought leadership that we produce, it's really helping our members to collaborate together and to be able to advance our efforts in in all those different areas that they typically will select as areas that they want to work on. Um, In addition to that, I'm also very pleased to be our committee czar which means that we regularly work with our committees to look at the health of the committee, as well as to meet periodically with our co-chairs to make sure that um, they're collaborating as well.
0: Wow, that's quite a, quite a, quite a role you play at, at, uh, at Nixa. You know, as I said in my opening, you know, you and I go back a long way in the industry. How did you end up at Nixa? I think you had
1: something to do with that. (laughs) Um, So I left Fidelity in 2017 and I was, you and I talked about possibly working for Nixa and uh, it seemed like the perfect opportunity. So um, I was uh, retired for a short period of time and then uh, joined Nixa in November of uh, 2017. And how did you originally get into the industry? I went to interview for some jobs after I got out of college and I was looking at, um, just something in financial services. And I went to, uh, Boston financial data services in North Quincy and interviewed for a job there. And, uh, that's really, it's really, I wound up in the reconcilements department and started working at, at, BFDS. And my career has always stayed at, uh, you know, within financial services, primarily mutual funds. Very cool. Very cool. And what did you study in school? So I started out, I went to the College of St. Rose in Albany, and I started out as an English major. And I wanted to major in English literature. And my future husband told me that that was not going to be a very high uh, paying career. (laughs) So I switched in my sophomore year and I, I, I studied business administration. Once I was at BFDS, I got a master's in business administration. So pretty typical, you know, state in business administration.
0: I think, Justine, given your perspective on the industry and maybe tying you know, some of the discussions we have uh, regarding the diversity project initiative, um, how important is it in your mind that future students have a business background to work in our industry?
1: I think it's important to be able to understand the business that you're in, but I don't know it's necessarily a requirement. I think in the past, that's why we, we sort of, you know, we looked at career experience or we looked at uh, degrees that were all sort of the same, right? And when we look at diversity, we want to look at uh, all different ways of looking at things, whether, you know, whether it's whatever your major is or whatever your background, where you came from, I don't think it's as critical. I think what's important is what you bring to the role and what you bring to your job and to learn about your organization as quickly as possible. But I don't think it's as critical as, as I think it was when I started in the 80s. Yeah.
0: And as you went through your career progression, career development, how many different areas of the industry do you think that you've uh, you've worked in?
1: Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I made um, I started out, as I mentioned, um, you know, sort of in what was an accounting role uh, for for transfer agency. I moved to internal audit, which is where I met you. And then I left... BFDS and I went to work for MFS and I did a compliance role. And then I moved from compliance to do a workflow analysis for automated work distributors that DST was uh, producing at the time. And we were one of the first pilot firms. And I left MFS and I went to the ICI for 10 years. And the ICI is like getting a master's in in mutual funds. It It was just such a great place to work. I met so many people and it was a fantastic experience. And I was there for 10 years. And then I went to Fidelity and I ran client services for a while. And then um, I did relationship management. And my final role was uh, at at, uh, Fidelity was at Funds Network. And I ran the relationship management team there. So definitely hop skipped around a lot. Then, you know, I I didn't um, often didn't do it intentionally. But when something came up, I took it.
0: And so along those lines, Justine, what advice would you give, you know, early career industry participants around how to manage your career?
1: I think that you have to be open to um, opportunities. I think you have to think about uh, what, what, what will make you happy because I've certainly had roles. I've, I mentioned compliance. I wasn't really crazy about that job. I just thought it was a good opportunity for me to learn, but it wasn't something I wanted to stay in. Um, and I think sometimes instead of always thinking that I have to get promoted, sometimes when you move around a little bit, you'll get more experience and it might make you more, you have more of an opportunity to be promoted, so I think it's thinking about how can I get as much experience as possible, and uh, you know what are the benefits for me, and and what do I like? What do I like to do?
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I, I, if I remember correctly, Justine, uh, you also moved, or at least the ICI opportunity. How uh, how do you think we um, you know working in a different part of the country affected your career?
1: You know, when we first moved to DC when we went to work for the, when I went to work for the ICI, um, we were really anxious about moving out of the area. Cause we had lived in, you know, from upstate New York, we lived in new England and it was, yeah you know, it was, it was very different to move down to Maryland. And we were away from our family for the first time. And, uh, we always say it's one of the best experiences we've ever had in our, in our lives because, and I, I mean, my husband and I together, um, because it really gives you an opportunity to see a whole new area Of the country to live in it and to work in Washington D.C. I mean, I worked. I was like four blocks from the White House. It was just absolutely amazing to have that experience of being in D.C. and to be able to um, be part of that. So it was it was terrific. And then uh, we we moved. I wound up moving to Manhattan. I I lived in New York City for a few years and then came back to Boston. I got relocated back to Boston. So uh, yeah, it's great to move in different regions. I mean, if you can make it work. It's definitely, it really adds a lot to your career and your knowledge and um, mixed just part of enjoyment of, of the job, exploring new places. Right.
0: And I'm and I'm sure it gives you a, a better perspective, right? With each move, with each new opportunity, right? You have a different perspective, different lens to look at and think about things through while you're uh, making an impact in, in, in absolutely. Those organizations.
1: Absolutely, you know, you've done the same thing, right? I mean, you you've you've moved different places, so it's it is does absolutely gives you a different perspective and a love for an area that you mm-hmm. might not have had a love for um, because you you spent so much time there. Yeah,
0: I totally agree with that. Why don't Why don't we move on, Justine, to uh, to the next area, which is Um, I think our listeners would would really love to hear what you are focused on uh, day to day at Nixa.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we mentioned the diversity project, right? So every single person at Nixa is focusing on uh, the work and the efforts of the diversity project North America. So right now we're gearing up and getting ready for our fearless leadership symposium that will be held in Boston in October um, we have a rising star program, which recognizes the diverse early career future leaders of our industry by recognizing them, rewarding them, and also uh, presenting them with six months of of coaching and training. And that'll be part of the rising star program, which we will announce them at the Fearless Leadership Symposium. And our committees are very involved and engaged and active. In diversity project efforts such as recruitment, retention, looking at you know best practices in those areas. So we spent a lot of time um, you know talking about different things that are focused and our efforts, but we also produce a lot of documents. So we produce white papers, we have webinars. And so uh, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of effort going on there. And if I were to switch over to product distribution, one of the things I'm particularly proud of is about four years ago, we made the decision to create a committee. That focuses on separately managed accounts and model portfolios. And that committee has grown substantially and uh, is very active and engaged. And it's an area of topic and focus for us right now as we look at the evolution of uh, products and product development in our industry. And model portfolios and separately managed accounts are clearly an area that we are looking at. And our committee has been very involved in. We also have an alternative investments committee that, you know, depending on what the time is and where the market's not doing well, that's. You know, we we you're either looking for alternatives or you're not. But our committee does do a lot of work on talking about um, alternative investment products, as well as how we can uh, have best practices there as well. So, so just a little uh, slice of some of the things that we're looking at. Yeah,
0: those are uh, those are terrific topics and very interesting. I'd love to get your perspective, Justine. On just going back to DEI for for a moment, um, why do you think it's important for the industry?
1: I think it's important for every single person to be able to feel that they work in an inclusive environment, that it's a welcoming environment, that we have diversity of thought um, and diversity of leadership, and that it is the way forward for our industry. It is the only way forward. That's so critical that we get this right. And I know that's what we're working at the Diversity Project on every day, but it has to be something that's embedded in every single part of every single organization.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I appreciate all the time, effort, and leadership you provide for the Diversity Project North America organization. It's been an incredible experience over the last four years or uh, yeah. almost four years. I look forward to continuing that journey with you. Maybe maybe if you could, Justine, maybe for again, for our listeners, maybe share one best practice from our DE&I work that people can take away from the podcast.
1: Sure. Um, So I think, you know, one of the things that we, I just mentioned uh, a best practice is when uh, looking at hiring. Uh, One of the things that we've talked about is as you're looking at recruitment and you're looking to hire, and you know, we talk a lot about new sources, new resources, looking at resources for, for hiring. One of the things that we talk about is, is making sure that you change the way you look at the hiring process and involve more people in the hiring process and many of our organizations have now included their employee resource groups, their affinity groups as part of either the um, interviewing process or looking at the job descriptions, bringing in groups who have, can look at it with a different lens and making sure that they're looking at it in a way that is more inclusive, that the language makes sense. And that is open. As you know, Jim and I, you were talking about earlier about you know, certain education, whether it has to be business administration or not, Maybe maybe taking some of that language out and opening it up more so that you get a better population of people to apply for your job. Thank
0: you for sharing that, Justine. I know that we're starting to run out of time, but I'd like to ask you one more question before we wrap up. What career advice would you give to your younger self?
1: I think for me, you are your own best advocate and that you need to speak up. You need to know when to speak up and there's a right way to do it. But you need to make sure that you have, you you present your ideas, that you are engaged as much as possible when you're in meetings or when you're with your manager. And someone once told me that when decisions are being made about you, whether it's about a promotion or a raise or a bonus, you're not in the room when those decisions are made. So you want to make sure when people are making those decisions, that they know enough about you and they know what you can do and what you can contribute. And they will make the right decision for you. But you do really want to be your own best advocate.
0: Well said. And I hope many of our listeners uh, pay attention to that, uh, that terrific advice. Thanks again for taking the time today to share all of that with us, Justine. And with that, it looks like my brief time as host of Nixa Talk is almost up. I can't wait to listen to future episodes with you at the helm.
1: No, thank you, Jim. I'm looking forward to conversations with the guests we've got lined up for the coming months. I hope everyone listening can join us for future episodes and it can't hurt if they tell our colleagues as well. Our listeners can connect with me and the rest of the Nixa team at linkedin.com forward slash Nixa. Please send us feedback on what you found useful, how we can improve and recommendations for future guests and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you won't miss upcoming episodes. Visit Nixa.org. To learn how you can join or get more involved if you're already a member. Until then, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Nixa Talk. Nixa is a trade association connecting the global asset management community. For information on how your firm can become a member, visit nixa.org slash membership. Subscribe to Nixa Talk on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, or visit nixa.org slash podcasts. And let us know your thoughts by reviewing our podcast on iTunes and joining our community on LinkedIn. Please note the Nixon Talk podcast is the sole property of Nixon. The content of the podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute advice or services. Guests' opinions and statements are their own and do not represent the organizations with which they are associated. Parties may not reproduce these podcasts in any form without the express written consent of Nixon.